Hey everyone, Rosie here. Before we get started with this episode, we just want to send a big thank you to our partner, Grind Coffee Co., for their support of the show. They're a convenient subscription service offering specialty-grade, single-source, 100% Arabica coffee available in whole bean and drip grind. Check out grindcoffeeco.com. I'm Ethan from Grind Hard Plumbing Co., and you're listening to the Builder Sessions podcast. Welcome to the Builder Sessions, a podcast where we chat with your favorite builders. We get to know them, their stories, and hopefully inspire you to get off the couch and build something cool. I'm Hoff. And I'm Rosie. And on this episode, we chat with Ethan from Grindhard Plumbing Co. We talk about his backstory and the various trades that have helped shape him into the well-rounded builder he is, the origin of their YouTube channel, and we get some insight into the various builds we've seen on YouTube. Please enjoy our interview with Ethan. Ethan, welcome to the Builder Sessions. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming on. This is this is really cool. I'm really excited. Fangirling a little bit. Huff's just over there giggling. Yeah, you can't see him. He's just like, I had to mute him because he was like giggling a little bit. That's fine. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're, I'm we're so glad. So for anyone listening who's been living under a rock for a number of years and don't and they, they don't know who you are. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Ethan Schlusler. Um, I'm the uh, half of Grindhard Plumbing Co. YouTube channel. Uh, I'm the uh, mechanical fabrication half of it. Uh, my business partner, Edwin, does all the video end of it. Um, and uh, yeah, we've been a YouTube channel for about five years. We build the weirdest stuff you can imagine that's kind of uh the the best way to sum it up is uh, intentionally bizarre vehicles that are uh, usually too fast for comfort <laughs> for, for... and the fun level's got to be up there too it oh. looks like hey yeah 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 of course it looks like you guys have a ton of fun so let's rewind yeah, we do let's rewind how did you yeah. was there like how did you how did ethan get started or catch the bug as far as automotives or fabrication or how how did this all start yeah. for you uh i mean i don't know if i so much caught the bug i think i was probably born with it okay. um, <laughs> i don't remember a time as a child when i wasn't interested in cars and and how things worked and that kind of stuff um but uh, as far as like actually beginning to learn about it and uh you know have exposure to it um my dad worked on our cars somewhat when I was a kid. So there was a little bit there, um, you know, doing brakes and whatever, stuff like that. Um, so I had a little bit of that. Uh, but really, it started when I was um, when I moved here to Idaho, where I live now. Uh, one of one of the neighbors was friends with my dad and he had a fabrication shop um, and he did all sorts of other stuff, too. He does construction and and, you know bit of everything but uh i used to go up there and, and just hang out at the shop and and watch stuff happen and from the time i was about uh i don't know probably nine uh oh. 
or so. I mean, when I, it, you know, obviously it was very infrequent at that point, yeah, of but, course, yeah. um, by the time I was like 11 or 12, I was hanging out there a lot more. And I think he first taught me how to weld when I was around that age, 11 or 12. Um, and so, yeah, so that was, that was the beginning of like, of learning that, you know, you can build anything if you have the right tools and, yeah. um, and just seeing all of that stuff happen. And then, um, yeah, uh, I worked a ton of different jobs over the years and some of them added to that skill set and, you know, mechanics and construction and, and all of that sort of stuff. I never did uh, a meaningful amount of fabrication um, as a job before starting the YouTube channel. I did I did some here and there, but uh, it was mostly more you know, uh, construction, framing, um, you know, landscaping when I was younger, like all that kind of stuff. So you're really involved in the trades and hands-on work from a very young age then and watching yeah that <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i mean i uh i've always liked working like you know as a kid i just i would work for fun um i there's a there's a funny story i like to tell where uh in i think third grade i went to a friend's birthday party and they had one of those um uh lawnmowers that you push that doesn't have a motor it just has a little reel uh, and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. I'd, I'd been to his house once before, but at the birthday party, I, I don't remember. I guess I got bored with what everybody else was doing. And I was like, <laughs> can I go mow the lawn? So I was just out there like mowing, <laughs> just mowing the lawn for fun while everybody else was, you know, inside. I don't know, whatever they were doing. <laughs> as one does. Yeah. yeah, as one does. Exactly. Yeah. This so, video, these video uh, games suck. Yeah. <laughs> can I go mow that lawn? It's looking a little long out there. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Oh, did you have any uh, influences growing up as far as other than the, the guys in the shops that you hung out with mm -hmm. and your father? Like, were there like a shop teacher or was there like a, I don't know, someone you saw on TV or like any, any outside influences outside of your sphere, I guess? Yeah. Um, I didn't, yeah, I went to, uh, as far as like a shop teacher or anything like that, I didn't, I didn't ever really have that. I mean, there was, uh, you know, sort of equivalent of a, a wood shop teacher, I guess. So that was somewhat of an inspiration, but in a different direction for yeah. woodworking and stuff, which I've, I've done a bunch of that too. But, um, other than that, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't grow up with a lot of TV, although I did, uh, really, uh, enjoy junkyard wars. Yes. Um, and I think for anybody who watches the channel, that's really not that much of a surprise because like my house, uh, my property is kind of <laughs> is junk junkyard wars. wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's junkyard wars. Like yeah. every time I'm building something, I, I'm like, Hmm, I need a radiator. And I don't you know, like, well, sometimes I order it, but usually I'll yeah. go wander around and look at the piles of parts and <laughs> try to find the, something that works. That's that sounds but, like a lot of people's dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, Do you yeah. find kind of dabbling into a whole bunch of different trades and things have helped you succeed kind of as you go through life and this adventure with Grindheart and everything like that? Yeah, for sure. I think that, um, you know, going into it with uh, a very informal education in a whole bunch of things, um, sometimes I feel like it allows me to think about problems from a totally different way, like use tools that are meant for construction, for fabrication, or, you know, like just, I have a lot more, different ways to think about a problem because I've done so many different, you mm -hmm. know, different trades. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think it can definitely be an advantage, um, or, or a disadvantage of <laughs> trying to figure out which one of the yeah, yeah. hundred different ways to do something. But, Almost like an, um, an orthodox way of solving a problem because you've got this huge box of skill yeah. sets that you can kind of draw yeah. from. Exactly. Yeah. Think outside the box sort of, you know, that sort of 
idea. Were you, were you all, did you always have that kind of confidence? Because I know for me, and I have, I'm, my skill set isn't as, as broad and as like sharpened as yours by any stretch, but I have dabbled in, you know, automotives and I've dabbled in welding and fabrication and auto body and like that kind of era or area. Mm-hmm. And I know when, when I'm faced with, like, let's say someone asking me to do something for them or whatever, it's easy to slip into that imposter syndrome where it's like, well, I don't have like my ticket or I don't, I don't, I've only, you know, you sell yourself short. Has that ever been kind of an issue for you or have you always been like, you know what, let's just do this? Um, I, I think I've always been, you know, a little bit more on the confidence side, but I, definitely not a hundred percent. Um, I think it helped like the people that I grew up with, like the, the guy at the shop, um, you know, who, who taught me how to weld, like he's, he's somebody who just is like, yeah, I can do anything, you know? Uh, and so having that as an influence definitely helped. And I mean, of course I didn't start out with a hundred percent confidence, you know, um, as, as a child, I had a history of taking things apart and not putting them back together again. So <laughs> when, when I got into like more expensive and, um, consequential projects, I definitely had, uh, you know, I, and I still sometimes do even have the, a moment of stress where like, I take everything apart and I'm like, am I going to remember where all the yeah. parts go? Which I, I kind of laugh at it now because I built something almost entirely from scratch. And then like, I take it apart to paint and finish and, you know, weld everything. And I have that moment where I, where I go, oh no, what if I don't know how to put it back together? Like, it's absurd. I built it. <laughs> if I can figure out how to build it, I could probably put it back together. I but, ran out of yes. Ziploc bags. There's no oh, manual man. for yeah. this build or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do. I joke about that too. Like uh, people have given me, given me crap for like not using a torque wrench. So as I'm tightening stuff, I take just the impact gun and I go, yeah. Torque to factory specifications. Yeah. Done. Because I'm the factory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's and that's the specification that I want. Yeah, exactly. The spe- specification is two uggas and a dugga. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I like that. Like, that needs but, to happen more. Yeah. <laughs> we need yeah. more ugga duggas in our life, you know? hundred yeah. percent. Yep. Doesn't everybody? Yeah, absolutely. Unless, you know, yeah. we shear off something, but uh, whatever. Right. Yeah. That's that's a different um, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyway, back to the uh the the question about, you know, the confidence thing. I mean, I don't think anyone is, no matter how confident they may seem is ever a hundred percent, you know, yeah. there's even, I, I still start projects and go, Oh no, am I going to be able to do this? You know? So uh fair bit of confidence, but nobody has a hundred percent. I'm sure being around people who are confident in just let's do this, right? Like some people, they talk about, yeah. you know, you're a, what is it? the collective of the five oh. people you hang around oh, with. Yeah, yeah. So when you're around people who are, even if they don't have a hundred percent confidence, if they're under the mindset of, and a lot of people we talk to are like, you just got to do, you just got to do it. You know, sometimes yeah, for myself, right. I get too worked up on looking up manual stuff and, you know, but then you mm-hmm. get so over consumed on what if I make a mistake? If you just do it and you're around people who are like, like-minded like that, it kind of almost takes that imposter syndrome away yeah. naturally maybe. And just, yeah. Right? If we get to something and we screw up, we'll fix it or we'll make it work. So you kind of got to be on the ball or on your toes, just winging it sometimes. Yep. Right. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's kind of a, a strategy that I use when I'm, you know, trying to solve a particularly complex problem with a, with a build. I'll, you know, I'll sit there for a while and I'll think about it and I'll, you know, do I want to do it this way or that way? Or, you know, and if I get to, I, like, I get to a point where I'm not getting anything done and I'll just pick a tiny portion of it that I know what I'm going to do. And just start doing that and then 
you know, the rest of it will sort of figure itself out as I go, rather than try to solve all the problems all at once. You just kind of pick the smallest one and, and go from there. Yeah. Now, speaking of builds, you've created some amazing like jet boats, <laughs> uh, you know, the bikes with the snow tracks. What's the process of a build? You know, does it start as an idea, shooting the shit with people? And like, how, how does the process work for that on a build? Uh, yeah, the, well, you mentioned the jet boat. I actually just was working on that right before we, before I came into this. So, oh, <laughs> but, um, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, usually most of them, uh, just start as an idea in my head. Um, some of, some of them we've, we've come up with sort of hanging out and talking about different things. Well, you know, um, other ones are also just parts that are laying around. They're left over from something else. And, you know, I'll just kind of think about what we could do with them and then, you know, how they would uh, fit together into something new. But, um, of course, you know, YouTube has been a full-time job for, you know, five years now. And so uh, there is definitely a lot of thought put into what's going to be the most entertaining thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, a lot of things are things we want to build because they're fun. And they are, you know, inevitably all of them are fun, but there's definitely an element of like, what makes a project interesting for other people to watch and um you know what makes a good title thumbnail you know <laughs> all of those all of those factors there's there's always uh all of those are considered when we start a new project for sure and then like is there cad drawings is it you know on a, on a notepad <laughs> is it just in your head and you're like, okay cardboard we need to do this like I'm sure because you, you yeah. build some really cool stuff and I'm just always curious on how people, yeah. you know, do you just start well and then making and, oh, we need to, you know, grind this off or cut it and fix it. Can you kind of elaborate on yeah. that? Bit? Yeah. I mean, the vast majority of it is, is just figured out as I go. Um, there's, I mean, uh, the, the original Barbie Jeep that I built, I sketched out a few ideas on some paper just very roughly to kind of, you know, have a visual aid, but um, yeah, the, the very, very little, you know, physical or, or, uh, tangible design <laughs> goes, it's, it's mostly in my head. Um, I mean, I do use CAD now cause I have a CNC plasma table. Um, and, uh, but I only use that for parts and, you know, most in most cases, the part is designed in my head before it's done in CAD, you know, roughly I have an idea of what I'm going to, you know, so. Um, and there's never been a drawing for anything more complex than an AR uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in terms of an actual, you know, computer yeah. rendering or drawing or, or blueprints or any of that. Um, it's just kind of, like I was saying earlier, just pick, pick one little problem and then just Both solve good. them as they come. Yeah. That's, wow. that's cool. I love it. Yeah. Shoot from the Not hip. even a piece of cardboard. Like it's all up here. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, sometimes cardboard. Yeah. I'll yeah. use cardboard <laughs> as a template for, for stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, but like your overall design is just kind of in lives your in the head. Oh, that's, that's the best yeah. place for them too, right? Because <laughs> nobody can well, see them. <laughs> yeah, I mean nobody can steal them, but uh, but I can lose them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The no files kidding. can get corrupted. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of those files up yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So do you have any? You mentioned having some experience in a ton of different trades. Um, do you have mm -hmm. any formal training? Have you gone to any even outside of the trades, like? What, what um, was your like education post-secondary? What was that like? Yeah. Uh, well, so I went to, um, I went to a private school, uh, that my mom taught at, uh, at, from like kindergarten through sixth grade. 
Um, after that, I was very, very loosely homeschooled for a couple of years. And then when I would have been in high school, I was working, doing construction. I didn't really do any sort of academic stuff at all uh, for a few years. And then I took the the GED um, when I was, I don't know, 17 or something. And then uh, I didn't really, at that time, I didn't really have any plans to go to college. But then um, when I was about 19, I uh, decided to go to college. Um, I went to a local community college for uh, two, well, two and a half years, whatever, but a, a two-year degree, an associate's degree. And um, that was in photography. So oh, cool. very, <laughs> very unrelated to what people see me do, Yeah, but related to the process of seeing it. So. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And you that, um, that probably helps you out when you're, when you're thinking about your builds or you're doing the process mm -hmm. and you can probably contribute to that, you know, the audio visual it, side yeah. of things too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I rarely hold a camera these days, but I do, I mean, aside from like setting up GoPros for time lapses and stuff, I'm rarely behind the camera, but, uh, having, having a good concept of how all of that works is definitely very helpful because, uh, it, it's always in the back of my mind when I'm building stuff, what is it going to look like on camera? Like while it's happening and, you know, arranging all the stuff so that it's visible to the camera and looks interesting and, you know, just different angles and all of that kind of stuff is always there as well. And, and, you know, it definitely makes things easier. Um, and also the understanding that that is important because, yeah. you know, some, some people who really love building stuff just don't have any interest or, or, um, you know, understanding of, of how cameras are, you know, filming side of things and that would be probably rather frustrating for my business partner edwin if i was just like what we don't need to film it i just want to get it done yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> probably wants some planning so, for that too right like you were saying you could you yeah. could be a really good builder and not have the the understanding of you know frames and different things and you could probably i wouldn't say ruin but it could potentially be a detriment to your final product if you're not catching those you know scenes or whatever you know you have that understanding right. to mm -hmm. put everything it's not just building it's the filming and video and audio like there's so yeah. much that goes into what you do um yeah you need people to help and be involved with that right for sure yeah and like even uh we have a uh our friend uh, films films for us now he's our he's our camera guy and um he uh you know like he's in the shop pretty much every day with me filming but having a better understanding of it personally. And I mean, part of it's just practice because now I've been doing it for five years, but you know, it helps to have had that before that, um, you know, just be like, Hey, this is going to be a film because he's not going to know that something's going to happen mm -hmm. until it happens, but I know what I'm going to do ahead of time. So being able to be like, Hey, can you grab the camera and come film this, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff, which it's always better to have them turn the camera on before you say something yeah. rather than <laughs> say it twice. <laughs> <laughs> So what was, what, where were you before the channel started? And then what was, you know, where did you just come up with the idea? Hey, I want to do that. Let's, let's get, or yeah. was there like a YouTube channel that you're like, that's pretty cool. I could do something like that. Like what was the story of the, of the start of the channel? Uh, so before the channel, I was just doing, um, I was doing construction. Uh, I, uh, I had, I'd been recently doing framing on a, on a framing crew and then I'd, uh, quit that and, and moved a little bit and um then i was just doing stuff freelance basically building sheds and remodels and little little stuff around there's you know no shortage of that kind of work around here but uh so that's what i was doing and then um 
I had I had dabbled in YouTube on my own before that. I built a, a treehouse that um, I, I uh, made a really basic little video of that, and then that went went viral. And so I built, you know, I made some more videos, and I'd always been interested in video. So I, I had I had made a few uh, little videos on my own, and then, but really the the impetus for Grind Hard came from uh, Edwin, my business partner. He um, at the time was, uh, hanging out with his, uh, ex-brother-in-law and, um, he, uh, the brother-in-law was into drift cars and Edwin hadn't really been into cars before that. He was into like dirt bikes and, uh, that kind of stuff. And, you know, but hadn't, hadn't gotten into cars. And then he saw drifting and was like, wow, this seems like a lot of fun. Uh, but it's really expensive. And he's obviously has the background in video editing and, uh, all of that stuff. So, um, he his idea for how to pay for drift cars because he wanted to get into that was start a youtube channel build cars and then you can you know mm-hmm. use the channel to to fund <laughs> fund your drifting habit basically yeah uh, obviously that never happened we you know clearly are not a drifting channel but um that was the concept behind it and then so uh he kind of loosely started uh grind hard as a channel he didn't he didn't post anything but had the concept and the name um and then he his idea for the first video was the original barbie car it was mm. was to take a, a barbie power wheels um and you know put an engine in it somehow or other and so i was the person that he knew who had the you know welding skills and equipment and stuff to make that possible so he just kind of started asking me for ideas he's like hey so what if i did this or what if i did that and i just happened to be at a point in my life where i had uh, I wanted something to focus on. I was uh, in the process of getting divorced and I could, I really needed uh, something exciting <laughs> to do. So I was like, Hey, bring it over. Let's just have some fun with it. We'll, you know, mess around. I'll help you build it. Uh, and then, so that's exactly what happened. And then, um, you know, and the, the, the first project was a success. So we kept going with it. Huh? Where, where does the, where does the plumbing come into play? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the 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 grind hard portion of the name is uh from the the brother-in-law that Edwin was hanging out with uh he uh he had that tattoo he had a tattoo that said grind hard and I don't know the story behind the tattoo but they were joking around I guess and were like oh we should call our drift team grind hard because like it's a lot of work and the cars are low they grind on the ground I, yeah yeah I wasn't there for the conversation but that's the that's the story that's that the Edwin gist. always tells yeah, yeah. and and then Edwin just thought it'd be really funny to call it a plumbing company just to confuse people, basically, to be like, why are these drifters a plumbing company? Um, so yeah, I love it's, that. It's it's just a silly, a silly name to be a silly name, basically. That's sweet. Because um, when I first stumbled but, yeah. upon you guys, this is a number of years ago now, um, I was like, oh, cool. This is it's like a like a like a couple of guys who have a plumbing company who are just doing YouTube Do videos. This on the side. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what everybody assumes. Um, I mean, that it's, it's a fairly logical assumption, yeah, but, yeah. uh, that's definitely not the case. I have done a small amount of plumbing in my life, but, uh, not a, not an actual plumber. <laughs> so what is the, what, what has been like some of the cool benefits or some of the cool experiences you've got to, um, to have because of the channel, right? Like the, like, cause you yeah. have a ton of subscribers and like, I'm sure there's a ton of opportunity for you. What are some of the really cool things you've got to do? 
Uh, I mean, obviously not counting all the builds themselves because that's the obvious part. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think probably one of the biggest is just the people that we've got to meet around the country. You know, um, you just had uh, Josh uh, from Vague Industries, Death Wish, Grind Coffee, whatever. <laughs> all of his endeavors. All the other things, you know, yeah. You, yeah, you just had him on the on the podcast and, and you know, he's here at my house right now but you know he's an example of somebody that i've that i would never have otherwise met but yeah just really just the the other builders around the country and and even in other youtubers in slightly different categories or or um you know owners of businesses that we've done ads for just all the really the people and i mean the traveling as well but the the people that you meet um has been one of the coolest coolest things for me like um we have uh the the cnc plasma cutter that we have is a little tiny unit like this big um it's called an arc droid yeah, yeah and uh yeah yeah so um the guy that invented that like it's just all his company is kind of a one-man show i mean not literally one-man show obviously he has employees and people building them and stuff but um anyway he uh he's a really cool dude and and he he came out to visit last summer and you know we it started because he wanted us to help him promote the arc droid and so he sent us one but just, you know, that's a friendship that I made with somebody who's, you know, inventing plasma robots <laughs> and uh, he does rally racing and like just a really oh, interesting cool. person that, you know, it's just it's a really cool connection. And it's been yeah fun to meet people like that. Do you yeah. find after you build or after you're finished to build and you go play with it and have fun? Is there a like a community around that, too? Is it just your your select group of builders that go take it out. Cause I see you're always out yeah. having fun with your builds. And like, is, is that, do you cherish that part when everything's done, you can go, you know, rip out in the little jet boat or go take it with the snow bike or whatever. Like, do you cherish those times yeah. after you're done? The build It's kind of like, Oh, we did it. We're done. Yeah. I mean, it's always kind of uh it's always a very exciting, you know, time when you, when you go out and test drive it. Um, it's, it's definitely a, uh, small portion of the time <laughs> you know most of the time is spent building and and with the number of the sheer number of things we've built over the years i mean there's not enough time in a in a day to ride them all so uh, you know um but yeah it's always a really exciting time and uh, but it's it's pretty much just us uh, you know that that film and, and are part of grind hard when we go out i mean sometimes we'll have another friend there with another vehicle for backup or whatever yeah um that that's something that would be it would be fun to do more of that, but it's you know hard to find the time and <laughs> we always end up breaking stuff because we test it thoroughly. Yeah. <laughs> Torque to specification, so, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now do you keep all of your builds when you're done? Pretty much, yeah. Um we've gotten rid of a couple ones, but basically we've kept most of them. Um and you know there's there's a number of reasons for that i mean obviously sentimental value and um keeping things around for future videos uh, you know usually once a project's done there's only a couple of videos you can make with it but then sometimes a year later we'll have an idea to do something different with it or combine it with another project um so that's a reason another reason is you know they're often broken <laughs> so selling them would be complicated and then and then of course there's the fact that they're all just so completely custom that if you sell it to somebody and they break something like there's you know yeah it's not just like a four-wheeler you can go yeah go online and buy a new part for it you know they'd be kind of they'd be kind of screwed unless they you know have the money to pay somebody to build a custom part or know how to themselves and then obviously on top of that uh the liability of you know 
extremely dangerous machines and yeah <laughs> not wanting to be responsible for other people's <laughs> you know bodily harm yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously is there a um as far as the the builds go it almost seems like those builds take on like a persona of their own and become like a i don't know what other words to use other than, yeah. yeah like a character in the channel has that been kind of your experience with some of these yeah for sure i mean you know a lot of them the more popular ones will come up with, you know, they'll have names that uh, are kind of sometimes just a spinoff of what they actually are. But like, yeah. you know, the, uh, the Barbie Jeep, we call it Cinderella, like Cinderella, <laughs> but send, um, which got shortened to Sendy over the years. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the big, uh, well, it used to be green. Now it's blue uh, four wheel drive power wheels um, because it was sort of an army green. And because it's like ridiculously, overkill and and loud and stuff we call it colonel senders <laughs> colonel senders i love it colonel senders yeah so yeah they definitely do take on sort of a sort of a you know uh persona and, and become a character on the show uh certainly the the, the more popular ones because there's some that really we haven't done a lot with after they've been finished and uh unfortunately a lot of that is determined by how many people watch it i mean mm -hmm. you know it's we do it what we do is fun but it's not only for fun so mm -hmm. you know if a project stops getting attention then we stop making making videos on it because it's you know doesn't make sense anymore yeah i was just gonna <laughs> ask that like is there that's probably a tough um like a tough balance to make like if, if you have a build that you really want to do and you're excited for and then it's like not might not be the best for the channel like, how do you, right. what's that process like with your partners and reconciling that? Yeah. And like, okay, well, maybe I'll just do it on my own because I still think it's really cool. Like, what's that like? Uh, yeah, there's there's definitely some of that. I mean, um, some of the projects have have definitely been more personal than others, um, ones that, that I personally thought were really cool. Um, at this point, in terms of, I mean, yeah, there's, there's always projects that I think would be fun to do that I know are not a fit for our channel. And at this point I've had, I have enough building and automotive excitement in my life that I just kind of go, ah, I don't need to <laughs> Put do it that. To the side. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, if it's, if it's not something that's going to be for the channel, I just gonna like, well, it's okay. Yeah. I have plenty of, plenty of projects. I don't need to do that one, even though I think it'd be cool. Yeah. Um, your cup's, I mean, your you cup's know, full either way, right? Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so there's, um, yeah. And we've, we've tried to do some that, that, you know, we thought were really cool and then didn't, uh, didn't pan out to be something that people were all that interested in. So we just kind of did, you know, a few episodes and then kind of, you know, finished it up and, and didn't do much more with it or whatever. But, um, we've been, you know, mostly we've had, pretty good luck in terms of people staying interested in the builds we choose. And like I was saying earlier, that's, you know, that is kind of one of the primary factors in deciding what to build next is just what do we think would be interesting. And um, I don't know, obviously I like just building weird stuff. And for me, uh, building something that no, no one has ever built before or in a way that no one's ever built it is is what keeps me interested in it, which works out well yeah. because it's also what keeps the audience interested. Mm -hmm. Like, if we were building hot rods, I mean, hot rods are awesome, but like, I would get really bored just building hot rod after hot rod after hot rod, like, yeah. it, because it's, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of old chargers being built out there and old, you know, Camaros or whatever, right? Like yeah. they're, they're still just as cool as a, you know, if it's your personal project, but for, for me, I like the things that are really bizarre and 
you know, the challenge of doing something unique. That's really interesting. Yeah. You said that about the Chargers, because as rare, because remember, there's you know, Dukes of Hazard. There's right. always they're like, oh, they wrecked like all of them, and they're super rare. And then all of a sudden, you're seeing all these people finding these right. old dilapidated Chargers in barns, and it's like, did they? <laughs> What are where, are they rare? <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, they made hundreds of thousands of them. Like, how many yeah. could they really have wrecked for the yeah. movie? You know, like, like a thousand. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh man. So, yeah. And then that makes yeah. the you know, it's like it's just like supply and demand, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So how like on a and I'm sure different builds have different time frames and lengths. How long would it take for you know t- typical or have some of your projects taken? from idea in the brain to test driving and having fun um with. i mean anywhere from like a couple of weeks for say the um the snow bike the hayabusa snow bike you mentioned earlier that one obviously it's a simpler project you know the snow bike kit already exists you just have to make it work with the with the hayabusa which is still plenty of things to figure out but um you know that one was like a week or two of of building to you know from from start to testing um other ones have been I mean, off and on, of course, but, you know, other projects have been over a year from start to finish, you know, because you get sidetracked or whatever. But uh, in terms of one that I worked on very consistently, pretty much from start to finish was the one I mentioned before, Colonel Senders. You know, it's four-wheel drive, uh, power wheels body with four-wheel drive and a thousand cc v twin and and reverse and you know uh <laughs> power steering and everything else so and you know 12 inches of suspension travel like optional that one, sunroof yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um no the sunroof is is not an option it's just oh always it's there. just there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but um that one that one was a much more it was a little earlier on in the channel we had less distractions i guess but um we that one was more or less nonstop for, I don't know, six months or something like that. Um, I, because that one was more consistent, I did a, had a rough estimate of like how many days I put into it. And I think I, you know, something like 600 hours of, wow. of you know, fabrication time into it. I mean, you know, roughly of course, but, um, yeah. <laughs> and do you typically work on one project until it's complete and then start another one or do you depending on what you're doing with the channel and the builds and stuff, or do you kind of manage a few different projects at the same time? Um, it's, it's usually a lot of projects going at the same time. Um, you know, for, for many different reasons. I mean, sometimes we'll have, uh, you know, a, a specific, uh, brand you know integration that that need that wants a specific build or we have to do a specific type of thing to make it fit into the video so then we'll jump around and be like you know i'll be working on one and then we'll be like oh we need to do some little bit on this one and then take it out here and do that you know um other times it'll be like we'll be waiting on parts or um you know uh sometimes even we'll be i'll be in the middle of a project and you know it's we're kind of not at a point where the next video is complete you know i've only done maybe there's another week to go to finish it or to finish the the step for for that video to be complete and then we'll be like well shoot we need a video for this week so what can we do that takes a lot less time to finish the video so there's a lot of that just like jumping around and back and forth and it's 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 fairly chaotic but you know <laughs> does that get frustrating at all going back and forth being instead of being able to like the projects you have been able to just focus on till completion or the yeah uh definitely i mean 
sometimes I also like, you know, get bored with a project. And so the jumping around works because yeah. then I'll get re-inspired later to go back to it. But like, what's the worst for me is when I have to switch gears on, on what project I'm working on, like halfway through the day, it's, it takes me like hours to get re-motivated after I switch, you know, like say I'll get, I'll get something done and then be waiting on parts. And I'm like, well, I'm not just going to sit here for the rest of the day. So I'll switch to the next project. And that it's like, it's so hard to get, <laughs> I don't know, something about my brain. I can't like refocus from one project to the next. So yeah, it's, it can be frustrating, uh, but also, you know, it, it refreshing at the same time too, being able to have all the yeah, different types sometimes, of Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It'll be a lot. We're we're in the process of building a new shop right now, um, which is about four and a half times the size of the current <laughs> one, which will help a lot because part of the problem with switching projects is you have to like rearrange everything <laughs> to get the project into the shop. It was just a 20 foot by 20 foot shed, basically. So yeah. not a lot of extra space. That was one of the things I'm really inspired by your channel, other than like besides the obvious, the fabrication work and the just like the fun and excitement of it was the fact that you were working in a pretty humble space and you were working with what you had and you made the best out of what you had. And it like, and you had that space for like the channel was successful probably way um, longer than people. Well, sorry, you've been working in that space way longer than that channel has been successful. And then the, when right. the channel became successful, you still stayed in there. For a number, right. and now you're building out of necessity, I'm yeah. sure. But I, that's so inspiring to people. That you don't need a huge brand new yeah. shop to be able to, you know, start tinkering and building. I'm sure it's easy for yeah. people to be like, oh, like my, just speaking for myself, one of my other buddies has a three car garage that he built in the in his backyard, and I'm like, oh, that'd be so cool. I could do this and this and this and this. But I have a single detached in my backyard. It's like, why can't right. I just make the best out of that? I could have nothing. Yeah. Like, right? How did yeah. you or like? how did you become okay with that? Or is there, is just your personality or were you just like, you know what, let's just do the best with what we have and go for it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was just kind of, you get used to it for one. I mean, you know, it's just kind of, Oh, well it worked for this. And, and also like when we, <laughs> when we did the first project, there was just no space at all. Like the shop was full of other stuff and tools and like, it wasn't really intending on it being, you know, a space to build stuff like that. And so, um, you know, over the years, I keep like moving and rearranging and making a little bit more space. And um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, aside from the the expense of building a new shop, it was just kind of uh, I mean, part of it is that I started the process to build a new shop two years ago. Um, I ordered a, a steel structure kit and uh, it took two years to get made and shipped. So that's <laughs> that's a pretty significant yeah, chunk yeah. of the delay. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, it was, <laughs> <Fair enough>. that <laughs> was, there's there's that as well. So, you know, it was kind of just, um, you know, a combination of like, just, I mean, you can make it work. I, like, and I, I know that a lot of people are inspired by that. And I think, you know, and that's great. I, I'm always happy when I inspire people. And, and it's true, you don't need the best shop to build things. I mean, last year, yeah, we built that gigantic Bronco with, um, well, we, we did part of the build, but we put, you know, axles and, uh, 42 or 43 inch tires and, you know, military axles under it. And we did that in my driveway. It didn't fit in the shop. So we oh. jacked it up and put it on giant metal sawhorses in the driveway yeah. and built it in, you know, in the rain in the driveway in 11 days. So like, yeah, you don't need a giant shop <laughs> to build cool stuff. Um, it, it helps. It's nice, you know, and when you can afford it and you have the space, 
it's great. And that's what we're doing now is, you know, expanding so that it's, we have better working conditions and more room to build bigger projects, better projects and all of that. But, um, but yeah, so, and then, like I said, part of it was just waiting around to get the shop. Yeah. COVID probably put a hamper or a damper on your plans. Yeah. Right. I mean, I started, uh, you know, I started talking to the steel structure company sometime, you know, uh, I guess it would have been kind of like, well, I guess it was two years ago. That'd be 2020, 2021. Um, so yeah, at the time they were like, oh yeah, we're a little behind because of COVID. It'll be about six months. And I was like, well, that's, you know, not great, but we can work with it. And then it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, exactly. So, but we're, we're, you know, we should have it at least mostly done before winter. So we'll be able to move into it uh, before winter, oh, cool. which is the big, the big thing because winters are, well, you guys are in Canada, right? So, yeah, we get you know, it. we get it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> is it hard working on the new shop plus still pumping out your, your you know, your content, your builds? Like, how does that? How's the balance on that? Um, yeah, it hasn't been it hasn't been too bad um, because we are making videos on the shop, so it is okay. Yeah, you know, or videos about doing it, so that uh, of course it takes, you know, being such an enormous physical project, it takes a lot longer to get uh, like a you know, visually significant portion of work done. So it takes more than just a week to get a whole video on the shop. But um, so yeah, there's a little bit of back and forth of like, like today I was working on the jet boat, tomorrow I'll be working on the shop. Um, but it helps that we have um, Will, the other uh, the other guy that works here with us. Um, you see, he's, he's still learning. He's, you know, about a decade younger than me. And so he's, he's just getting into fabrication and, um, you know, sort of, he, he, but the point is that he's able to do some projects as well that mm. um, make videos. And so that, that helps a lot because, you know, he's not putting out a video every week either, but combined in, in terms of, you know, building content. And so combined though, between me working on the shop and other stuff, we're able to still, you know, stay on top of it, uh, even though I'm devoting a lot of energy to the new shop. What would be, if you, if you were pressed, um, what would be your favorite build? Out of all of them, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't really have to be pressed. It's it's pretty. It's it's been pretty clear for a long time, and it's uh, the the kernel, kernel yeah. senders as we call it. Um, it for a lot of reasons. It's I mean, partly it's one of the most fun to drive, um, but also it has to do with a lot of other factors like the time at which I built it. Like it was, you know, in. It, you know, I built a few projects on, on the channel before that that were a lot that were fairly complex. They're the Barbie Jeep, and then after that, we did a Camaro Power Wheels and a bunch of other non-Power Wheels projects in between. But that one, like, I I went, I don't know, three or four levels of complexity and, um, you know, difficulty up in that build, and then just took I I I devoted a lot more time and energy to it, and the result was you know a lot better than i could have ever expected and it, it just so it was just a like now i could build that again and it wouldn't mean as much to me because i've already you know i've already had those skills for a few years now but yeah. at the time it was it, it really pushed my skills and then the result just is incredibly good for what what it is like i always tell people it it's a bunch of parts that shouldn't work at all together in in a space that shouldn't be possible and it works like ridiculously well, not just for what it is, but 
Yeah. Yeah. Period. It's a, fe- it's a feather <laughs> um, in your cap, right? It's a it, yeah. Know, exactly. Really it's, proud of it. Yeah. You should. Be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's my favorite because it's 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 one of the most fun to drive, but also because it just I'm proud of the the work that I put into it and all of that. And um, but that said, I mean that one's my favorite, but there are you know others that are very close. Mm-hmm. I mean the the jet boat is in terms of pure fun, the jet boat's really hard to beat. It's it's just ridiculous and silly and uh you know yeah it cool. seems really snappy like it just so responsive yeah, just, right? yeah. <laughs> i mean it's yeah it's you know somewhere between 80 and 100 horsepower in i don't know something that weighs 250 pounds yeah. <laughs> in the water yeah so oh, uh it's very very quick what would you say is your you've you've you have all these skills and you're building the shop and you're welding and you're fabricating and you're, you have construction experience and all that. If you had to pick a favorite skill set or a favorite, what mm. or something like a process you like doing the most out of them, whether that's like, you know, um, timber framing or TIG welding or whatever right. it is, yeah. what would you pick? Sure. Um, that one's a tough one because uh, like, despite the fact that I just told you about what build is my favorite, yeah. I, I tend to like, most of my life, I haven't really been a person of favorites. You know, I, I get bored with things pretty quickly. Um, and not, not necessarily to the extent of not enjoying it, but just like losing that level of excitement, just like, uh, what's next. Yeah. So as far as a, as far as a skill, it's kind of, you know, somewhat it's whichever one I'm not currently doing, but, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. but, but that said, I think that it really is just the, the, the hardcore fabricating and welding and stuff that that whole process of just taking raw metal chunks and turning it into something functional, you know, through, so it's more than one process, I guess it's, you know, it's the design and welding and all of that. Yeah. But I also really, I really enjoy TIG welding. It's just kind of a, especially when you're doing it for like an entire day straight, you'd almost like hypnotize yourself just yeah. <laughs> and it's really relaxing, especially yeah. Like it's quiet and it's just yep. it's clean. Exactly. It's just like it's yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like an art almost, hey. It totally yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I mean, aluminum TIG is not that quiet. Yeah. You have the buzz <laughs> yeah, of yeah. the AC arc, but like yeah, DC TIG is just yeah, it's very quiet and peaceful. Whereas yeah, I mean, MIG welding is just loud and it's chaos, stressful, <sighs> and just yeah, getting. <laughs> burned by stuff all over the place yeah so compared to well well then there's um, stick too and it's like you got to be covered yeah. up pretty good and <laughs> right, smoke yeah. everywhere i feel like stick yeah. sticks like the 80s like country bar where everyone's smoking and, <laughs> hey, everyone's yeah. got a smoke in there there's like a haze you walk in and you know and then tig's like the elegant like modern you know vaping res- Is that what you're restaurant <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's vaping <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> so being on <laughs> yeah. having your property and having shop and these toys and these builds, how do you stay focused on your work living in like this playground as I would look at you know after watching your videos, yeah. it seems like a big playground that you have. Is it easy to get distracted from the work or does it help you um like fully engulf into the work? Um I don't I don't think it's particularly a factor for me, like getting distracted by the projects. Um, I think part of it is what I was talking about earlier with like, I kind of get uh, bored with things fairly easily. So like 
all of the projects that we've built, I've driven them around the property enough that it's not really a distraction because I, you know, I've, I've done it. Um, that, I mean, if I was taking them somewhere new and going on an adventure, yeah, absolutely. But, um, so there's that. And, um, I don't know. I think I just tend to be pretty, pretty focused when I'm working on, you know, whatever I'm working on. I just, I want to get it done and, and, you know, make it the best it can be. So, um, but yeah, I, it's it's not particularly distracting for me. Although I imagine it would be for from for most people who just you know if you just transplanted somebody who is into this kind of stuff, just yeah. transplanted them here and said, okay, now sit in the shop and weld all day, they'd be like, yeah. no, I can't. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> so many things to see. There's a freaking so, zip line I mean, outside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what we talked to that, yeah. we talked to Josh. He's like, yeah, sorry, I just got back from outside. I went, I I was sitting in the Zoom or the the Google Meet. And uh, you weren't here yet, so I went and he's out of breath. I went and jumped on the zip line, and then I just got back. Yeah, <laughs> is, is that whole environment yeah. kind of calming for you? Uh, you know, I, I think of I'm, I'm a lake person, and as soon as I get to the lake, I've just my stressors reduce. Mm. I'm relaxed. Does your whole property and shop and stuff does that just kind of get you focused or help with it? Um, yeah, I mean, some of it does, um, certainly being out in the woods, you know, the sound of the Creek running down at the bottom of the property and like the view out of the house, looking out at the, all the trees and stuff, that kind of stuff is, yeah, definitely. That's why I live here is because that's what, you know, keeps me calm and, and focused and stuff. Um, that said the, the like chaos of the junkyard part, like if it's not all organized, that kind of stresses me out and distracted. <laughs> like, I, like, I'm not the most organized person ever, but I just, pure chaos is too much yeah i'm just like that that part can be a little stressful but the rest of it's the rest of it's uh, you know re very relaxing <laughs> you should host a junkyard wars when you get your shop you should invite yeah. a couple of your youtube buddies up and do a do a <laughs> junkyard wars build <laughs> yeah that's we've kind of talked about that like something like that a few times but at this point our junkyard is getting to be enough that we could actually just do that be like okay Aside from hardware, you can't buy anything. Yeah. You have to build a vehicle out of what's here. Oh, yeah, so that would cool. be that would be pretty cool. That'd Wood wheels. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Everything. Wooden wheels, yeah. yeah. I mean you wouldn't even you could, but you wouldn't have to. We oh, have you got wheels enough of those? tires all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I mean you might end up with like a twelve inch go-kart wheel on the front and like a forty inch off-road tire ah. on the back, but you know the rake's gonna look good, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all about that yeah. rake. <laughs> yeah. So as yeah. we kind of get, you know, start wrapping up here a little bit, um, yeah. what are, what's some advice you'd have for somebody, let's say in like the welding fabrication area, um, for, uh, some general advice you'd have for someone who wants to get into this trade, get into this area? Um, I mean, obviously if you, if you know someone who does it, that's willing to let you even just watch, uh, you know, just, just be, be around it. That's, that's how I got into it was just um you know hanging out in a shop where that kind of stuff happens uh, but you know that's not necessarily uh available to everyone um i can't personally talk at all about what a formal education in any of these trades looks like because i don't have one <laughs> um i'm sure that that's also a good option but i you know i can't recommend it or not because i yeah. zero zero context but um i mean aside from that like like we were talking about earlier really just like start doing something, you know, yeah. like if you could, you know, if you know someone who will let you borrow a welder or just even buy the 
cheapest one you can get and just start sticking metal together. Like I think for most things, just start doing it as, as mm-hmm. the best way to get. And I mean, of course there's things, you know, watch watching, you know, a tutorial video or two, but like, like you were saying earlier, like don't get sucked too deep into that and try to make mm-hmm. it perfect before you start. Just like get a rough idea and then just go for it. You know, making mistakes is the quickest way to learn sometimes. Yeah. Yes, Totally. Um, what about some specific skill set, uh, specific skill sets that you would recommend somebody developing or working on before they got, or while they get into, uh, fabricating? Uh, I mean, obviously welding is like the most key skill to, to, to fabricating really. Um, but, um, I don't know. I think like we were, uh, like I was saying earlier, like having other skills that are related or, or not particularly related, but in other trades also can translate, you know, just, just having, having an understanding of how to put things together, you know, even if those things are wood or plastic or, or whatever, um, can help, you know? So like, if, if you're thinking about getting into fabricating and, and, you know, you're already in one of those trades, like it, it may be worth more than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, or, um also i mean i think something that i uh have been very behind on as a skill is computer design um but it's these days there's just so many options for how to utilize that and they're so good i mean i wish i'd had a plasma cutter five years ago when we started obviously that you know i got to where i am how i did but having that is just it's an enormous um it's an enormous asset. And that's probably something that if you really wanted to get into, get into fabricating is uh, fairly essential is, is being able to design stuff on a computer. Um, I mean, if you want to get to a, a higher, high level mm-hmm. of it and, and that's also something that's got a pretty low barrier of entry to, to kind of practice and learn with is, is, I mean, if you have a computer, there's plenty of free options for, mm-hmm. for free trials, at least for design software and pretty much everyone has a computer. So you know, if, if you don't have access to any of the physical stuff, that's certainly something you could start teaching yourself is, is designing stuff on a computer. And even the arc droid, all you got to do, you just got to trace out your cardboard. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's, that is one way to do it. And that's interestingly, I essentially never use that feature aside from to cut out like circles because it just yeah. has a button you click, draws a circle and you cut it out. Um, I use that sometimes because it's simpler than going to the computer, but the actual trace feature, I haven't used it basically since I got it, but it is what convinced me to get it. I mean, cause I, if you don't have, if you've never done CAD, it just seems very intimidating to have to design it all on a computer and then tell the machine how to cut it and all of that. But the ArcDroid really lowers that, uh, barrier of entry in terms of skills, because you can just get it and just draw a shape on a piece of cardboard and then trace it with the computer and cut it out. So, uh, yeah, I guess you don't have to know CAD, but it definitely helps. <laughs> and it's going to take some time to develop those CAD skills. Cause yeah. I've from, uh, I usually plan all my own projects on AutoCAD in the 2d. And then I was introduced mm-hmm. to fusion and started playing around with that on whole 3d that third dimension. I just, mm-hmm. I think cause I'm not using it every day, but it just, I, I couldn't figure it out and I just kept getting frustrated because you have to have hours upon hours with this mm-hmm. and, you know, being willing that you're going to be making a lot of mistakes and it's gonna, you're not just going to get it overnight. Um, but that, right. I mean, there's, like you were saying, there's so many softwares out there and CAD design that you can, 
I don't know. It's, it's, it's really cool to see technology and then the arc droid, like, yeah. you know, in another five or 10 years, what's gonna, it's kind of interesting to see the technology and the trades and these unique things to help people, uh, solve their problems. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, and, and, you know, not just plasma, but you've got 3d printing, which now there's metal 3d printing and not that that's attainable as a, as a machine you could have, but there's companies that'll do it for you. And, um, you know, laser and water jet and CNC milling. And like, there's just so many, like if you can, yeah, these days, if you can design it yourself, you can have it built by somebody else, you know, mm -hmm. or, or cut out or, you know, made the, have the part made. So yeah, it's, it's really cool to see how much more accessible all of that stuff is getting. Cause I mean, even when, when we were all kids, like that wasn't a thing at all. Like you, you just did not have access to that kind of stuff. I didn't even know that was Unless, possible. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, 3D printing didn't exist when, I mean, I, I don't know how old you guys are. I assume pretty close to the same as I am, you know, I'm 32, but. We're, um, I'm 37 and you're what 36. You? 36. Yeah. yeah. So same range. Same but range, yeah, I mean, yeah. when we when we were kids, like the 3D printing hadn't even been invented and like CNC stuff was a, barely existed yeah. and no one like us knew about it. It was all well, just in a factory. 3D printing somewhere. was like Jetson stuff. <laughs> yeah. Hey! <laughs> right, yeah. You push yeah, a button was, and sci-fi. Ding! Oh, there's my thing yeah. that I want. Mostly food, but <laughs> we are living in the future. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Crazy. So you're saying that I could? I remember the first time I thought I heard about 3D printing. I was like, "That's insane!" Oh my gosh! And then now I have I have one. It's like, and they're now they're like 200 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> like right. Ender. Now everybody has one. Yeah. yeah. And well, I still don't uh, somehow, but <laughs> oh, that'd be you could should get one and yeah. cool. well, you, you should yeah. probably get like a metal one yeah that would be pretty cool hey that'd be sweet could you imagine yeah. just oh. like making parts and like designing a part that you need a one-off for your specific build that you could fab out of you know make blocky or whatever but you could just mold it or cast <laughs> it in this oh well now there's all the, cool. there's yeah. the modeling like the 3d guns that you can scan and print from yep. like it's just it's crazy mm -hmm. it is crazy yeah it's amazing yeah how how accessible all of that stuff is now. It's, it's, it's really cool. Before we get to our last question, I just wanted to go back to something you said about your formal education or lack of formal education. And you, it, I, I want you to know that I, I think that's really cool that you, um, I think it's cool that you don't have that personally, because I think that you've like, first of all, look where you are and what you're doing and the life you've built <laughs> right. for yourself. And I just want to commend you in that because I think there's a lot of pressure nowadays to go for people to go for sure to university, but also like to get, you know, like a formal, a ticket or, you know, like those titles are very, um, it's, it, it can, um, limit how someone, you know, views themselves depending on their, on their yeah. self-confidence or their abilities, or it could play into that imposter syndrome or that type of stuff. But that right. whole master of, what is it? What is this? How's that saying go? Jack of, Jack of all trades, master, master of none, of none. Yeah. and then it's better than being a master of one or whatever. Yeah. It's like something like that, yeah. But you're like, I would love to have like a fraction of the skills that you have, right? And and it's I just wanted to to say that because I think there's a I think it's more common um, people being in in your situation and you know like knowing that someone such as yourself has gone down that path and has all these skills and the, and built up all this stuff, um, all these skills that it encourages me because I, I don't have like right now, 
like I'm a welding fabrication teacher at a high school and, mm-hmm. and Hoff here is a uh, woodshop teacher at a high school. And um, I don't have my welding journeyman. And I okay. just have, I went to a tech school and I dabbled in automotive and I dabbled in, in um, welding and fabrication for a little bit. And I dabbled in some other areas, some computer stuff. And I've always been like, I've always beat myself up for not having that because Hoff here has his journeyman. Not comparing myself, <laughs> but like you know, there's this, the journeyman, and then I'm just some deadbeat. Yeah, but you idiot also who, you can be well rounded in like yourself yeah. in a in a multitude of trades or skill sets that sometimes I think can even be more effective or efficient than somebody who's just focused on one thing mm. for you know 15 or 20 years. You're relying on you know a, I don't know it. That's like what that. I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like right. I'm just I'm I'm you're you, you have not just like right now, but throughout your, you know, since I've seen you guys on YouTube have really inspired me with that in being able to be like, you know what? No, I do have skills and I don't need this piece of paper on the wall. Although that would help. Like I'm apprenticing right now to get my welding ticket so that I can, you know, teach welding better um, (laughs) (laughs) and know all the processes and that kind of thing. But it's really cool to, that you kind of, that, that, that was your journey. And I just wanted to affirm you in that. It's really cool to hear. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. it's, uh, I mean, I've always been of the opinion that, that, you know, a formal education isn't necessary. I think it's extremely valuable and mm. in, in other ways too. Like for me, what was most valuable about going to college was not the degree. It was, you know, just, you know, expanding my mind in other ways and, yeah. and the social aspect of it. Cause I was mm-hmm. fairly isolated. And so like, I think that education is extremely valuable, but it's certainly not necessary to attain any particular goal, mm-hmm. like, or to get any particular job. Like, I mean, you know, it's some jobs are going to require of certain course. things, but yeah, yeah. like, you know, it, yeah, it doesn't, I agree that I, I don't think it's as necessary as, uh, as some people make it seem yeah. <laughs> to, to have a formal education in something, you know I mean? And it's really cool to see someone like yourself thriving and being like a, being a good um, role model, I guess, for people who, you know, are, are in the same boat or have, have done, right. have chosen to just go here or there and just be passionate about certain things and not necessarily pay 40 grand to get a, a piece of paper on the wall like like I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's really cool. It's really for cool. Sure. So last question well, here, Ethan. Um, top yeah. three starting out tools for getting into fabrication or into uh, building Fun shit. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, I mean, obviously a welder because it's pretty hard to stick metal together without a welder. Um, But that might not be first because you can bolt stuff together. So, I mean, it's hard to beat an angle grinder for versatility. Yeah. And then uh, obviously, yeah. So angle grinder, welder, um, drill, I guess, drill press, ideally with those three things i mean that's basically all i had when we started this mm. and i built oh. i built a couple of things with just that um tubing bender obviously but that's later on you know you don't have to bend tubes to start with um so yeah those i think uh yeah <laughs> angle grinder drill welder you can you can accomplish a lot with that if you're if you're willing to <laughs> spend a lot of time and and you know be a little bit creative yeah, I think a junkyard wars would be cool with limited <laughs> tools. Yeah, right. You oh, bring yeah, people together. <laughs> right. Okay, you've got a welder, yeah. grinder, and drill press. Here you go. 
vacant, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> Sorry, Esau, yeah. you can't you, you, yeah. you can't sponsor this one. This is, <laughs> this is yeah. just a grinder. You go to like Harbor Freight and get like a grinder. Just the cheap stuff, yeah. Crappy drill. Yeah. Or no, they'd have to go to like... Sorry, my brain's going like crazy. You have to go yeah. like on marketplace and buy some like old <laughs> old tools. Used tools, yeah. 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 Here's, oh, a, here's the thousand dollar yard sale. Yeah, thousand yeah. dollars starting out budget. Yeah, you got two right. weeks no, to find your tools and build. Oh, thousands yeah. a little, thousands a little. Yeah, rich. you can get a lot of used tools for a thousand bucks. You find some estate sale somewhere. Yeah. Oh man. Well, Ethan, this has been this has been so much fun. It's been an honor having you on the show. Um, before we let you go, is there you know so. What's next? What's next for Grindhard Plumbing Co.? What's next for you? Um, yeah, is there anything you want to share or promote? Uh, I mean, obviously, the next big thing is the shop. Uh, and until that's done, I'm not sure exactly what the next, you know, build or, or whatever is. But, I mean, yeah, the, the goal is with the new shop to have space to, you know, build build more things, work on some of the bigger projects that we've sort of been putting off, and then... Also, one of my goals for for having a new shop is is a space for friends to also work on their stuff. I mean, friends who are in YouTube, outside of YouTube, whatever, just as a as a collaborative space. Because for me, that's always what's the most fun about it. About you know, I don't know, really anything, but especially building cars and stuff is hanging out and working with your friends and you know, helping them with their project and whatever. So. Um, yeah, so the the new shop is obviously the, the next big thing, and then lots of other more exciting things to come, I guess. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're looking forward to it. And as we as we yeah. as we end off here, where can where can people find you if they have, like I said before, have been living under a rock for the last five years? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, you know, our our name is Grindhard Plumbing Co. on every platform we're on you know facebook uh obviously youtube is the primary one but we've got facebook instagram TikTok, uh, you know pretty much all of those so uh so yeah that's yeah if you, whichever your platform is your favorite you can find us there <laughs> under grind hard plumbing co love it or you know as i tell people that i meet randomly because i know they'll probably forget the name just Google Barbie Jeep and you'll probably get there. Yeah. <laughs> That'll stick out. Yeah, Keywords, <laughs> eh? It's all about that SEO. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ethan, thank you so much. Like I said before, it's been an honor having you on. Um, often I speak for you. Yeah. Oh, big yeah. fans, big fans of what you're doing. And um, it's just been a pleasure having you on the show. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for everyone for listening. Uh, we'll put all the links to Grindhard Plumbing Co. Um, that, that Ethan mentioned in the description of this episode. Check them out. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Hoff. Thanks, Rosie. And we'll catch everyone in the next one.